Wars by uh, Cronenberg. Has anybody seen that? Am yeah, I in for a treat? I've heard of it. It's okay. Is it going to mess with my head like uh, Videodrome did? Probably not. Not no not stomach. as well. I mean, it's yeah, may, maybe. <laughs> no, stomach, no stomach vaginas. No, no, nah, I don't Wait, think so. Yes. 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 Go, go, go! Watch Videodrome right now. Yep. Oh boy. Okay. I don't think Tim will like it. Probably not. Videodrome. Okay. All right. It's good for you. It's good for me. That's always good. Enough. I love the packaging of the DVD too. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It looks it's, like a, it looks, looks like kind of like a VHS tape. tape. Here. Oh, a beta. Oh, a beta? Yeah, let me see. It's been a while since I opened mine. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, it's really cool. Long live the new flesh. Yes. Nice. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Three Geeks Podcast. I'm going to start the podcast off. What, what was that, Mike? I was just going to say, just just for anyone who doesn't know what long live the new flesh means, that's not like a call sign or anything like that. That doesn't mean anything. It's from a movie. It doesn't what do you mean, mean like, it doesn't mean anything? It doesn't mean like, <laughs> oh, I think it means something. Or anything like that. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it means we're all going to get test vaginas and pull out weird guns out of them and end up in a train car for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it means that. <laughs> Just like a transition, but it's only here on the Three Geeks podcast that you go from that to a little more serious. And I want to take a second before I pass this off to Dan and Mike to talk about Sonny Chiba to mention a friend that's passed in the podcasting community. Um, somebody that I was privileged enough to do behind the box with on the Scene Snobs channel with uh, Mick and Casey and Gerard and the guy's been friends with Mick for 25 years, and I just had a small sliver of, you know, getting to know this guy. And such a great guy, always yeah. positive, but he uh, succumbed to his battle with cancer a few oh. days ago. And I just want to send out all my love and support to his family, to Mick, and to that whole family. Lenny was a great guy, and there is a GoFundMe to help support his wife and son because they're they're on their own now to kind of help with his college. So. Um, I will be sharing that on my social medias. Uh, so please, please uh, send your love support over that way because he was he was a great guy. Really fun to talk to about movies. and He wasn't on the show a lot for obvious reasons, but when he was, it was a breath of fresh air. It was so much fun to talk to. And uh, Lenny, you will be missed. And the small amount of time I got to know you, buddy, it was fantastic. Len's laughter was contagious. There's no yes. other way to say it. He, uh, you know, his smile... Uh, filled the room, and when you talked with him, you couldn't help but smile back. And so, uh, no, his his loss is huge, and uh, I, I agree. My condolences to his family. Please donate to his the GoFundMe. It does help for the child's for his son's uh, uh, college fund. So it's an amazing thing uh, you'll be able to help this young man move forward because he has an incredible loss. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the things I love about doing this podcasting, especially over the last year, is we've really been involved with an amazing community. And, yeah. um, you know, he was a part of that. And we just lost one of our own. So rest in peace, Lenny. And again, 
send your love to Mick and his family and hit that uh, GoFundMe because, you know, it'd be like me losing Max. Because Lenny and Mick have known each other that long. So it's just, you know, it's just, it's really sad. And um, I uh, I love Mick and I love those guys, Scene Stomp's family. And uh, yeah, guys, go ahead and talk about Sonny Chiba. <laughs> so... Uh try and bring this up a little bit now uh sunny chiba had, had had has passed at 82 but and, and, and instead of being sad about it look at this dude's life i mean it it's amazing he he uh what was uh fifth of five children <laughs> um kind of Wandered around college for a while until he went to sports college, which is what they call it in Japan, which I think is kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> um, was picked up by a, a talent thing to do some some TV shows way back in the day in the, the mid 60s. Uh, did some strange sci fi stuff like messengers from space. <laughs> Which I think is is free on YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, started his own uh, karate training uh, dojo to to make basically stuntmen for for his own movies. His breakout role was was uh, the the Street Fighter, which is one of my favorite martial arts movies. Just because he rips some dude's junk off and throws him out a window, it's it's it, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, but uh, Chiba was kind of the the, the opposite of uh, Jackie Chan in in that Chan used a whole lot of comedy and stuff, which really worked for him. Chiba wanted to 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 show at least in the Street Fighter and and, and the sequels to that the the brutality of actual fighting, which which worked for him. Then then he ended up in a bunch of period pieces. Uh, some more sci-fi stuff ended up on Kill Bill. Um, he, he had an amazing career, and I hope he left this world fulfilled. And that's all I can say. Yeah, um, yeah. Sonny yeah. Chiba was a really fun personality to see for, like you said, many different reasons, Dan, than Jackie Chan, just because there was an intensity yeah. to it. And like you're talking about Street Fighter, it's like, it's Personal. one of the main reasons I picked up this years ago, this six nice. film like uh, thing that has uh, Street Fighter, Return of the Street Fighter and Street Fighter's Last Revenge on it. <laughs> nice. And so, yeah, you watch those films and you can see like, you can see like that action, like, that whimsical action side to him certainly, but also there's an intensity there that yeah. he brought to a lot of those scenes and to that story, especially if, since it's a very straightforward story. Um, I'm not as familiar. I didn't know all that stuff about him, you know, building a yeah. school dedicated to uh, oh, yeah. stunt work. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, but yeah, of course, Kill Bill. Um, is the sound okay? Am I coming through clear? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm okay. asking you are. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Jason, use headphones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but also what I really loved too was after seeing that he passed, everyone's like appreciation really coming out. Of course, Tarantino had a very big affinity for him. That's why he incorporated oh, yeah. him into Kill Bill. But like I found this clip of Keanu Reeves when he was promoting John Wick 
on like a speaking, you know, a press junket in Japan, and they surprised him with an appearance from Sonny Chiba, and Keanu's <laughs> face just like lights up, and he is like extremely humbled to be there, just sitting there asking questions to Sonny Chiba, and That's it's it's really it's really it's really a sweet clip. Um, so I can't say anything more than like you that you already elaborated upon. Great performer, great you know stunt work and martial arts work, and a great staple of pop culture overall so i'm gonna pour out some sake for sunny it's not warm but here's to you sunny so mm. yeah, yeah he, he was one of those actors that no matter how cheesy like like the movie was in and he he had to know that some of those were were cheesy as hell he he would put put his all into it so like like even like he he played uh Yube Yagyu like I don't know how many times in different flicks. Not all of them were good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 he really tried. <laughs> Would you say he's the Leslie Nielsen of martial arts <laughs> movie people? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like a dude who came at it with a more dramatic angle, that's what made it entertaining and funny. <laughs> um partly yes. I sadly, I've capped most of Sonny Chiba, but I plan on fixing that here very, very shortly. <laughs> um, I've seen Kill Bill, obviously, but I, I haven't seen The Street Fighter. I really want to see The Street Fighter. You you want to see The Street Fighter. Don't you dare do a remake revolution on it, because there's no replacing Sonny. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Speaking that. of, uh, next tough. month at Monroe Comic Fest, we will be doing The Street Fighter Remake Revolution. <laughs> Just kidding. Starring Sonny Chiba, of course. Yeah. There you go. You can replace everybody else around him, but I think uh, Dan and Mike are going to have a problem if you take Sonny out. The special <laughs> well, appearance can... by Peter Cushing. As long, or <laughs> it's fine. Maybe just don't do the. Uh, I guess yeah, you can recast them, but just don't do the creepy AI thing that they did. Yeah, for Peter Cushing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we started the show off kind of sad, but I, I, yeah. I went on my second date yesterday, and uh, we have this thing where we <laughs> like to go to bookstores. And uh, I, I really like Emily. She's a great person. I know she's watching now, so uh, the second date was fantastic. Um, I will always remember the elevator. And moving on. So um, okay. we were... We were looking around Barnes and Noble. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't throw something out like that and then be like, <laughs> hey, look, so here's a book. Oh, yeah, I do. That's how I roll. Yeah, I know that's how you roll. It's not how the rest so, of us roll. So forget the Hardy Boys. We have an Obama-Biden mystery. I'm not going to get political. That's not what this is about. This is about why, who, what. This it's a thing. <laughs> is it like my fellow Americans? Because I'm kind of on board. <laughs> right, let me see if I can pull up a synopsis. Because I read the back of this book. And if it wasn't $15, if it had only been 10 I would have bought in the first $15. one. $15. No, there's you, two of them, right? It's, yeah. It's a sequel. yeah, yeah. Hope rides again. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite cover. That's what caught our eye was that right there. But also, Andrew Sheffer written. He, I, I, I looked him up earlier. He's I'm like, curious. he does like parody satire stuff. Like he wrote a parody oh. of Fifty Shades of Grey or something. Oh, okay, he's one of those guys. Yeah, it was I mean, uh, Forty Nine Shades of Turquoise, right? Or I don't know. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> you might actually be right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think he did. I think he did one about about Trump before uh, 
Trump was officially elected was like it's something like it's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's got like an action movie like cover on it. But it's it is meant to be like making fun of him. So he, he like lampoons everything. Nah. Nice. Or is it <laughs> Vice President Joe Biden and President Barack Obama team up in this high stakes thriller that combines a mystery worthy of Watson and Holmes with the laugh out loud bromantic chemistry of Lethal Weapons, Murtaugh and Riggs. Oh wow! Let's just rip off everything in our our our. Uh, you know, it's like it's like you always avoid the uh, the the books that are like uh, uh, in the vein of Tom Clancy and somebody else. You know. It's, it's, <laughs> It's like, you oh, gotta, great. You got to keep reading the description, though, for Hope Never yeah, Dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, 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 uh, that's something. Oh, you said yeah. you want me to continue? I'll read the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You got to read the, re- you gotta read the next paragraph because they got to know what the story is about. And Vice, there's one particular nickname in there in particular that I'm like, that. that's wonderful. Vice President Joe Biden is fresh out of the Obama White House and feeling adrift. When his favorite railroad conductor dies in a suspicious accident, leaving behind an ailing wife and a trail of clues to unravel the mystery, Amtrak Joe reteamed <laughs> with the only man he's ever fully trusted, the 44th president of the United States. Together, they'll plumb the darkest corners of Delaware, traveling from cheap motels to biker bars and beyond as they uncover the sinister forces advancing America's opioid crisis. Part noir thriller and part romance. Hope Never Dies is essentially the first public, published work of Obama-Biden fiction and a cathartic read for anyone distressed by the current state of affairs. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 saw the, yeah. I saw the Goodreads ratings. It's like people are saying like, yeah, it's 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 sweet, but it's also hilarious to think that this is what they do in their downtime. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or what they did in their downtime, because now one of them's pretty busy, so... Yeah, one, for lack of a of, better term, one of them's got a lot of shit on his plate. One of them's got some things to do. The other one's, you know, making appearances. Um, yeah, Amtrak Joe, love that nickname. That cracked me up. Uh, I guess it's creative. Like going, going from biker bars to cheap. <laughs> it, it feels like it's in the vein of you know that. I, I mean, I haven't read it, but it it feels <laughs> like just based on the pitch, like that Pride and Prejudice and zombies and. Like that Seth Graham yeah. Smith type of, type of like alternate history, but funny type of somewhat funny. I'm hoping thing. that if this is written in like the same vein and, and along the lines of something like a Hardy Boy style mystery, that mm-hmm. w- that it's written in like the 1940s, 50s vernacular, and one of them is calling each other chum, and you know, as, as long as they keep Chet the fat one. Yeah, they, yeah, you got to have a third one there that, that you know to get randomly abducted and and knocked over the head knocked unconscious they have to go yeah, keep yeah. saving every episode if, if only he wasn't so large he would have made it through the door faster <laughs> uh, poor chat got fat shamed every book yes <laughs> apparently uh on a tangent on the, apparently on the trump book it's confirmed that ted cruz is in fact the zodiac killer he was tried oh. and convicted in this alternate history okay so on on amazon hope never dies has about a, a four and a half star rating from 1,054. <laughs> wow, people. So okay, I'm, I I might have to give that a try. It's only two bucks on the Kindle. Yeah, really? I saw that. It's two ninety nine or something. Yeah, it's Dan just 
purchasing the cart. <laughs> I love how the, the second uh, book is all about how they're just chasing down, you know, uh, Obama's lost black cell phone. Yeah, Find that with one click. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Huh. Well, I'm going to go read this. So I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> see you later, Dan. <laughs> they're racing through Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. That could be interesting. <laughs> All right. So um, I watched uh, Black Christmas, the original, finally. And uh, yeah, having told you that like years ago. <laughs> having only seen the first remake, I haven't seen the second remake, but I've only seen the first remake. And then I went back and watched this. It's not even the same movie. Like, no. And I didn't what movie? know. I missed the t- I missed the movie. Oh, Black Christmas. I didn't know okay. that. Um, that's the line where um, the call is coming from inside the house. I didn't know that was uh, it. Well, you've also got when a stranger calls and a bunch of other things like that too. Uh, when when a stranger calls two is really good because the guys learn to like paint himself into the wall. So he really is in the apartment. <laughs> that is a legit scary moment, too. Yeah, yeah, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it is legit scary. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Black Christmas. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, Black Christmas. Great. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> Cause, I'm just going to derail every review you, you, you do today. It's going to be fun. Because <laughs> who doesn't love silence on a podcast? That's always yeah. good. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, we'll fix that in editing. It's okay. We'll fix it in post. That's what we say yeah. all the time. <laughs> we make a mistake on something, and, and Kathleen and I are like, "We'll fix it in post." Yeah. We'll wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I do that again? <laughs> <laughs> can I have another one. Have you guys watched What If? No. Yep. Yes. Okay. Good. Damn. Do you care if we talk about it? I don't care. I thought we were talking about Black Christmas. <laughs> oh, we're still talking about Black. Well, Christmas? Shit. What if we were talking about Black Christmas? <laughs> yes. Ask yourself. <laughs> so, Black Christmas is no, a Max. Tyler Perry or Ice Cube movie. No, but I would totally see that. I would watch it if it was a Tyler Perry movie with Ice Cube in it. Yes. Um, but Gangster Ice Cube, not the uh, yeah, you know, yeah, are, not the Are, are We, we there, there Yet? yet. <laughs> angry, angry police captain Ice Cube. Exactly. Yeah. You know, where, wait, he gets, wait. where he gets to show off the snarl on his face and mean it. You know, the NWA Ice Cube. Let's let's bring that back. Uh, JT, you're you're going to replace John Saxon with Ice Cube? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just talking about if they remade it with Tyler Perry. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 a little bit worse, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's worse with with John Saxon as Ice Cube. Uh, do you, do you so- keep the fellatio exchange in there? <laughs> but you need Ice Cube to get me to watch I'm, a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> Relatively sure nobody will know what that means. <laughs> I've never seen Black Christmas, and I don't know any about what we're talking about. So I'm just like, I'm just riffing off the top of my head, thinking about Tyler Perry movie with Ice Cube in it. But yeah, let's go ahead. Well, Tim, Black Christmas is is, <laughs> is, is, is I knew that was of, coming. Is one of the best horror movies ever made. Oh, see, that's why I haven't watched. According it. to not, me, I'm not big into uh, horror movies, so. It was directed by Bob Clark, who you may know from A Christmas Story. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, which you might also want to watch. I don't know. But uh, In yeah. Case Black- you haven't learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you might want to put a, a zombie on a couch and, you know, pretend he's your buddy and then get horrified when, when he comes alive with all of his friends and kills you. Um, anyway. 
Black Christmas is is hmm. genuinely creepy as shit. It is. Um, in, in several parts. You you never actually see the killer, kind of spoilers. Um, and uh <laughs> uh one person is just never found dead at the end. It's great. Yeah, but that pretty good cast too for that time. Olivia Husky oh, yeah. and um Margaret Kidder. Mar- Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. Uh, yeah. Also, John Saxon <laughs> as the policeman. Can never get enough John Saxon in a movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fucking good. I, I watch that every uh, Christmas along with uh, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I love Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. Do you love the first one or part two? Both? Both. For different reasons? Okay, just making sure. I mean, the first one doesn't have garbage day, but it it, it, it does have the kids going down the hill and getting his head chopped off with an axe that rolls down beside him on the sled. That's so fun. I do like the first one better because the second one is only like 20 minutes of a new movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but those eyebrows, man. But I want to take a second and talk about what if. Uh, what if... So the first episode to me was okay. Mm-hmm. It's like the first Marvel thing where I'm kind of like, eh. Because you guys know I'm huge in the, everything they've done. But um, the second episode was on another level of comedy and just awesomeness. And missing Chadwick Boseman really struck watching that episode. It, the, the premise of the second episode is if T'Challa had become Star-Lord. And uh, it is... It is great. Mild spoilers going for actually spoilers going forward. Dan, if you want to take your headphones off, if not, then not particularly. We'll be way past mild spoilers if we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it because (laughs) Thanos, Josh Brolin was the second highlight of this episode. I'm so I'm so glad that a genocidal maniac's motivation was undone by a rational talk with what I think probably was a 12 year old. Great story, but it's, it's funny. But it's, it's it's funny, and it works for what that show is. But I'm just like, cool. That could have all been avoided if he just talked with a rational twelve year old. Well, no, no, no. Not any twelve year old had to be. Child. Had to be T'Challa. <laughs> had to be. He convinced him by a rational, by by a reasonable argument, is what he said. Yeah. A reasonable argument. Um, I mean, that well, sounds that sounds like genocide. <laughs> no, it's not. It would have been random. <laughs> so it's not genocide. <laughs> <laughs> going back to I, our star wars talk that this is why i don't get my 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 you know high philosophical learning stuff from film anyway <laughs> well yeah you're not going to get that from there yeah i did think it was funny though that that throughout the rest of the episode that every time they showed thanos he was trying to talk to somebody else about why it wasn't genocide <laughs> <I know. laughs> you know they showed him at like like at the ending scene where the like they're starting to fade off into the credits he's sitting there at the bar you know, at the wherever he was at, I don't remember who he was talking to, but all you can hear him say is, "Oh no, it wasn't genocide." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will admit it, it does have kind of that James Gunny sense of humor that the Guardians oh, yeah. movies have, and it were it works. And I'm glad they gave Chadwick something to do to be funnier, show off his funny side a little bit more. So because I like him, I like him a lot as T'Challa in the general Marvel stuff, but he's very stoic and very, yeah. you know, regal. And that works. He works with that well, but I'm glad we got to see him be like really funny. Yeah. He was still, he was still the T'Challa we know 
you know, mm-hmm. with the influence of uh, uh, uh Michael yeah. Worker's character. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, yeah. Yondu. 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 Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I do have to say, though, that, that we have, need to take a second to talk about the fact that the collector was now ripped as all hell. Yeah, he was oh, yeah. the new Thanos. <laughs> yeah, he that dude, to... all of a sudden he turns around and he's got that big furry coat open. And it was yeah. like, you know, he had like a 23-pack. Wasn't even a six pack. It was like a twenty three. That dude was just ripped. And that and that he was bad badass enough to take down not just Thor and Captain America, but also Hella. Like yeah, <laughs> like he took we down. Put, all, yeah, when he put on Hella's helmet, I was like, oh, okay. is it still Del Toro? Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. They bring they brought back a lot. Like they brought all back right. Kurt Russell for one line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I think these what if episodes are gonna. Uh, combine at the end into one story but um yeah episode two was way better than episode one episode one there was a lot of things that i just didn't think made sense it was very by the numbers like this this one felt like it had a lot more heart in it maybe because chadwick was involved and it's his last thing he's ever going to do for this (laughs) franchise so it felt a little bit more heartfelt in this too yeah also i just like the space stuff more than the general you know superhero stuff yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, what if the first episode seemed like it was Marvel trying to figure out what they wanted to do with the show, and the second episode was them hitting the nail right on the head? Because I think they they really knocked the second episode out of the park with the humor and what this show should be, which is a Twilight Zone esque version of the Marvel universe. Well, we're gonna keep going crazier because I think that maybe it is that they're just gonna get crazier and crazier with each episode because we're getting Marvel zombies in one of these episodes. So, yeah, and, and I think it's going to get it up leading up to the point, of course, of the the multi of uh, the multiverse of madness. Yeah, and it's I mean, you know, each episode ta- has the watcher introducing it and he's talking about seeing these different things and, you know, these different episodes. And that all kind of ties into some of the things that have already happened. Yeah. Uh, even with the, Loki. And, and now we're. Yeah. Yeah. So beginning of the first episode, they, they referenced the thing with Loki happening. And then now mm-hmm. we're staying the ramifications of it well yeah. also in the original like what if comic books i know yeah the watcher's sort of like your host he's like the rod serling yeah. of right. each issue and so he always like stresses like non-interference but then like i'm like they're gonna make him interfere at one point like they can't just have him like jeffrey wright wouldn't sign on for this to be like okay i get to do five lines of dialogue for narration give me something more or maybe he did because maybe the paycheck's <laughs> just that good they'll be like sure i'll just narrate like five lines of dialogue no problem well, I th- I think even for that, even if he, even if he only gets the fine line, the five lines of dialogue, it may be a bit that they're planning something in the future for him outside of what if, and where they can bring him back. Because you look at some of these these characters, Marvel's done that over and over again, where they bring somebody in, they 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 do a little bit here, they do a little bit there, they kind of tease their appearance, and then boom, there's something bigger down the line for them. And I think yeah. that that might even be the type of thing we're looking at with that. Um, I will say too, the sound alikes they get for some of these act for some of these characters, they're pretty like yeah, the the first episode was fine. It was, you know, fairly average, but the guy they got to play uh Steve Rogers sounds sounded close enough to Chris Evans, and the guy they got to play uh Drax in this one sounds like Batista. So <laughs> Yes. I, I didn't know that wasn't Batista. Fantastic job. I know they're bringing in some uh veteran animation voiceover actors to do some of these voices too. Mm-hmm. I think Clancy Brown will be do, doing everything. 
I loved <laughs> I loved seeing Heist Nebula too. I love that this was basically all just one big heist as well. It was yeah. like the Ocean's Eleven of Marvel stuff. <laughs> right? Kind of. This episode might be my favorite of the Marvel TV so far, which I've liked it all, but I think this just an episode of television. I think the second episode just really, really got me. Oh, well, Ant-Man. I saw that in the... Uh, there's like a screenshot of Ant-Man going towards Thanos's, Thanos's, uh behind, so maybe we will see. <laughs> So what I'm looking to see right now is I'm trying to figure out who actually did Drax's voice because I'm wondering if it's now I had the opportunity to interview uh, on Funny Science Fiction, my other podcast. I had the opportunity to interview David Sobolov, who does Drax for the Marvel animated series. So I'm wondering if it was David Sobolov. Yeah. Which he does some really good, some really good voiceover work. Something. Hold on. I'm glad that they gave uh, what's his name, uh, Seth Green, a lot more to do with Howard the Duck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Well, now I, like I have that. to watch it. So thanks, Mike. Yo, you'll like it, Dan. Oh, you'll like it. Yeah, okay. absolutely, you'll like it. Did I you think I'll, I'll like it. Like, no, no, I didn't. Oh, you'd like that too. Okay, I got like a couple episodes in. It, it, it was okay. Yeah. Which one are we talking about? Loki. Loki. It gets weirder yeah. towards the end. Okay. Yeah. I will say ep- episode five is the best one just for uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard E. Grant. Okay. Like, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Episode five is really good just because oh. I, I do like him as an actor. And so speaking of, of things being, being, uh, oh, I think it is so beloved. Sorry. Oh, okay. Shoveled to me for, for, for weirdness. I, I finally watched uh, Mandy. Oh, you did? I, I actually bought it. Nice. It's okay. Yeah, like everybody was like, "Ooh, it's so weird! It's so out there! It's it's okay." It's, it might be because of the hype that it's become one of those creative white noise movies for me, where it's like I don't have to watch it to get invested in the story. Like it's a straightforward story, but I'll put it on yeah, whenever I'm feeling like just, a creative roadblock because it like, is it's, it's visually. Sad. It's, I mean, it's okay. It's 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 like uh, you know somebody took the Lost Boys filter and just got crazy with it like like that's (laughs) but uh yeah i mean slight spoilers what did you think of cheddar goblin though which one was that it's the the commercial that that's playing when he's oh yeah yeah that 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 was fun i like that Cheddar goblin's awesome but yeah i i I really liked uh uh his his five nights at freddy knockoff better really uh, the Willie's uh, Wonderland. Yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah. That, that was great. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that's the thing too is like with Nick Cage movies, it's like I like it a lot just because again, it is one of it is one of his minimal like roles where yeah, there's not a lot maybe going on character wise, but he no. makes that character interesting to watch at least. But that yeah, I can understand too how it's like it's too hypnotic. It can be too hypnotic to be like engaging I for just some thought, folks. It's like, like 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 Mandy was just kind of boring. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's a lot of slow motion. That red filter is yeah, throughout the yeah. whole movie. Like I I I, like, I I really like the concept and, and and the story's cool, but it's just it, it's it's not enough to hold me for an hour and a half, or have, however long that that movie was. <laughs> um, did you get the reference? One of the bikers has the horn of a Braxis. <laughs> At that point, I was expecting what's his name to show up. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
But the the one the one part I really liked was when they just set her on fire because that that was cool. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was yeah. Like, it's trippy. Because I but, didn't think they were gonna do it. I was like, oh, no. he's gonna save her. No. Yeah. But but apart from that, I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm not knocking it. it. It it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, it reminds but it's not me a like lot of the, the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, ooh, wow, it's it's real cool. Like, just, remi- just go. Re- oh, sorry. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead, finish your thought. Go watch Lord of Illusions. I like that a lot better. <laughs> for, for, for weird Lord trippiness of too. Yep. It was uh, Fred uh, Tatasiori. Tatasiori. Yeah, there you go. Voice track. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, he voices like Hulk a lot and stuff too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. T- Fred Tatashire is an amazing voice artist. Very, very storied in what he does. Yeah. He's on uh, Lower Decks. Is anybody else watching Star Trek Lower Decks? Because you should. No. No. No, it requires a uh, subscription that I don't want to pay for. Yeah. True. So. Dan has that subscription, though. Dan has access to that subscription. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, like, how, how often do I use my access to. To some <laughs> subscriptions that aren't actually ones that I pay for. Yep. <laughs> There's yeah, just well, I don't know. Yeah. In terms of like original stuff, I, I'm definitely delving into a lot more of that. But in terms of like IP related stuff, aside from what if, just because it's a half hour commitment, that's fine. But it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I watched Reminiscence this weekend. Ooh, how was Hugh, it? That Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson yeah. movie. Is that how any good? It? It's. I very much had the same response that you had to uh, Mandy. I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. Like, this is a cool idea. I I like kind of the world building more than the actual plot. And yeah. Visually, there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening, but also it kind of just goes nowhere, and the mystery isn't really as engaging as the world because it it takes place in like Florida, where Florida is half <laughs> underwater. So like you know five years from now, oh. um, and. <laughs> It, that, it's cool how like they set up that where like the upper echelon of people have are like walled up from everyone else. Like they have dams and stuff keeping them dry, and everyone else is in the lower tiers of the city where there's flooding and you know. And they use this technology. It's from some of the people who did Westworld. So okay, uh, I, I kind of dug it. I, I dug that idea and the concept more than the actual story. Acting wise, though, it's it's fine. Hugh Jackman's good. Rebecca Ferguson's like the best part of it because. She knows she's in like a an old school noir type movie, so she plays that up as the femme fatale. But <laughs> did did anybody watch uh, uh, Free Guy? No. no. Oh, you no, guys yeah. are missing. I, I mean, Max you, did. Yeah, I did too. You guys are missing something special. Uh, this movie is Ryan Reynolds. Like this movie could not have been anybody else but Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi. It is funny. It's the funniest thing I've seen in the theaters in probably twenty mm. years. I laughed from start wow. to finish. Yes. Start like, to finish. Like from the titles? <laughs> uh, dude, it's, it's great. And then, uh, so I, I texted Max after I saw it. I'm like, I want to see this movie again. You got to go see it. Max didn't really want to see it. He wasn't super excited about this movie. And Max's review is, I give Free Guy four out of five, feel good movie of the summer, almost Zootopia levels of happiness with a hint of Truman Show. I yeah, completely like agree with that. Free Guy is charming. It's what we need post the uh, pandemic. Some really funny cameos and jokes. It's Ryan Reynolds doing what you like Ryan Reynolds doing. Post pandemic? 
Yeah. We're still, we're, <laughs> we're still kind of. I was asking. You know, you know what I mean. Minor, minor technicality on your. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is the feel-good movie of the year. I understand maybe not one to go see it in theaters, but as soon as it reaches on demand or some way that you can watch it from your house, right. you should. It is fantastic. Max gives it a four out of five. I give it a four and a half out of five. I I don't think I've liked the movie this much in theaters since I saw the first Ace Ventura, and you guys know how much I love that movie. <laughs> Max oh, wow. pretty well hates everything, so for him to give something yeah. four stars usually yeah, means yeah. Yeah, I will. I, I will say he that he craps that, on everything. So love you, yeah, Max. But yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I I got worried because you know I I can usually tell when Max is gonna like something. I'm like I know he's gonna like this, and then when we were talking about it, and he's like I don't really want to see it, and then the fact that he did go, so I I still Oops. know my friend. Like I'm glad that I still know my friend. Like I I knew he was gonna like it, and he did, and I I cannot wait to see it again. I'm probably gonna see it four or five more times uh like soon if it if it had come out on uh you know at you know being able to watch it at home i probably would have watched it already but yeah i have to be a little more cautious because of my daughter so you know we haven't my daughter is autoimmune so i have to be cautious of where we go so going to the movie theater for us right now is not really an option gotcha. um, understandable so no i get it i get it 100 i get it um yeah, it's just I'm just so glad to see Ryan Reynolds kind of starting to make like movies that are more wider audience enjoys because I I I love Ooh. Just Friends, I love Waiting, and I love everything Ryan Reynolds has ever done. But I can understand that the movies have not always been of quality. So I'm glad that we're starting to get the quality. How do you list off Ryan Reynolds' movie accomplishments without listing Deadpool? Because that's a love. That's one we love. I was naming the ones that are a little oh, less. Okay, I'm just I'm just making yeah. sure you're like you're like yeah. There's these other movies, and I'm like I'm waiting. I'm like <laughs> I will yeah. say nope, I no no Deadpool. A, what? Why are you not mentioning that anyway? Okay, <laughs> I do have a soft spot for waiting just because. Oh yeah, oh, I waiting. Do. I love waiting. waiting that's very waiting. relatable to my old catering job. So yeah, yeah. And, and frankly, <laughs> I love Just Friends. I think it's hysterical. So do I. Oh, that movie cracks me up. I've lived that movie before. I mean, I'm sure we all right. have lived that movie. <laughs> the chubby white guy? Yeah, you're telling the chubby white guy. Yeah, I get no, it. I meant the just friend zone. <laughs> no, no. We could just start start listing movies he's not in as, as Ryan, Ryan Reynolds movies. Like, I really yeah. loved him in The Princess Bride and Gremlins. They're, oh, yeah. Those term, are my, my, of, my favorite Ryan Reynolds movies. In terms of endearment and age of yeah, yes. instance, man. Classic man. Ryan best, Reynolds. Best ever. God. <laughs> Best ever, Cocoon Two. Oh yeah. yes, yes. He carried that movie. Das Boot. He was really good. <laughs> he totally carries Das Boot, man. Like, man, man. Could you imagine? Nobody can show paranoia on a on a submarine better than Ryan Reynolds. Could you imagine the Night Porter with Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> oh God. How much more awkward would that be? Oh, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> anyway, you, uh, Tim, you brought up a good point about the movie theaters and stuff because this was also this past week where Denis Villeneuve was talking about like if you know if the box office isn't strong for uh, Dune Part One, he's not doing Part Two and stuff. And it's kind of like, yeah, I, I had a post about this earlier in the week where it's like I'm torn on this because I I like that he's acknowledging. Look, it's not the audience's fault that they don't want to go to the movies because yeah, right. virus, but also like he's kind of like. Having this looming threat over, which I can't say is unreasonable, because yeah, the movie's got to make its box office in order for it to be a successful franchise that you want more of. But mm -hmm. at the same time, that, that's that's saying like seeing Dune on your 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 personal TV is, is like he's, watching. He's yeah, being okay. a little Nolan-y. He's being a little bit yeah, like that's, um, that's annoying. 
he's being a little bit like you have to see wow, it on the big screen in order to really appreciate it. Oh my! Wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I love so, yeah, you, I'm just like I was just like yeah, this is uh, I mean a little elitist. I want to say just because yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But I don't know. Let's yeah, like, go ahead, Tim. No, you no, you're fine. I was I was agreeing with you. It's a little elitist, but I also to some degree I see his point. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the these guys who are making movies, they're making movies because they want them to be seen in a movie theater. They yeah. want it to be seen with the movie theater sound uh, quality, the movie theater picture quality, and that that ambiance that comes with only being in a theater. Yeah. But on the, on the other hand, you also have to acknowledge the state and time in which you're in, and the fact that it's not. For many people, whether whether you're a COVID denier or you you accept the fact that we are where we're at in time, you have to acknowledge that there are going to be people who are going to stay home regardless because they can't take the risk, uh, or or they or they just they're not comfortable for whatever reason. And so you you know why aren't you know why why aren't you making your movie accessible to everybody at that point? How they choose to watch it is how they choose to watch it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is being accessible because it's going to be on HBO anyways, too, which yeah. which is great. But also, like, I, I hate, you know, that he can't just keep it as like, it sucks that this is the time that it's in. I I, yeah. I feel this sense of like a little bit of pressure from him to be like, well, I hope you can weather through it to go to the theater and see it. And it's at some point and it's just kind of like, yeah, but dude, you know. The regular moviegoers experience at the theater isn't probably what you got. Yeah. <laughs> it's like also I, Yeah, go ahead, Dan. I, I have a problem with, with people saying, Oh, you gotta see it on, on the big screen with the right. good sound because you're not even using film anymore, asshole. <laughs> see, see, I, I, I used to be a projectionist, you know, you put together thirty-five millimeter and you, you put it in there, but now now it's digital. And guess what I have in, in 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 my movie watching room, <laughs> probably the 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 same tech that you've got and yep, right. al- almost as good sound. So yep. you know, yeah, I'll 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 put a movie on at home, uh, you know, on my fifty inch television with my surround <laughs> sound and sound bar, and and if I want to blow out my neighbor's windows, I will. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'll I'll have just as good a time. Um, you know, sure, I'll miss the movie theater popcorn a little bit. That's all for whatever reason. That's always a little bit different, but you know. Well, and that's also, because you don't have like cell phones going off in the middle of the yeah. theater. You don't have. I remember this very clearly back when Expendables Two came out, and I went to like the opening weekend. I went to a matinee, and the matinee was packed. Yeah. And this couple brought in their newborn, and I'm oh, just like, boy. "Oh, this will be fun." Not because I'm like, "Oh, well, the kid's gonna be brat," but just because it's an Expendables movie with a lot of loud noises. Yeah. yeah. And within the first, you know, minute of the movie, the kid is screaming because it's overstimulated. I'm just like, I feel bad for that kid. You just ruined yeah, that kid's day a little bit. Yeah, that was not the movie to bring a, a child to. I, I also or, feel bad for the rest of the people in the movie because you never should have brought your kid there. Yep. Oh, they <laughs> left. They left immediately. They're like, this wasn't a good idea. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, you know, and, and the other the other benefit of watching a movie at home, in all honesty, is if somebody farts, I know who did it. Yeah, uh, that, you know, that's also true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not playing. You know, guess. You know. You know. Try to find the embarrassed face. I. <laughs> Got it. It's me. <laughs> Unless the dog's there and the dog's just like right. Exactly. See, my dog usually chooses to do that and like waddles right in front of a fan and then and then <laughs> drops some stank and then walks oh, away, no. looking at you like, "Yeah, that's for you, big boy." 
That's what you get for not seeing it in a theater. <laughs> Come see Dune in smell vision <laughs> Well, that's what it's going to smell like. And so, sound smell like. the worms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's what the spice smells like. Yeah, yes. You wonder, like, why is everyone all about this spice? Why is everyone about the melange? I will actually, I, I will actually probably end up watching Dune if it's on HBO, just because I already have an HBO subscription because of yeah. all the DC content. But, you know, the yeah. chances are... Um, I'm I'm going into it suspiciously because I I have hated the other Dune movies so voraciously and that I, I can't never watched. <laughs> I've watched no, I have watched them. It was Kathleen who hadn't gotten past the thirty ah, minute point. Okay, so um, and, and she's not wrong. There's not much really happening good after the thirty minute point or even before the thirty minute point. There's but, all kinds of awesome. Oh, stuff there's some all through stuff. that thing. You got, Again, you got the guild navigator guy, and you got that full dude is space, weird looking. You got Sting. You got you got the the flying dude pulling people's heart plugs out. It's great. I will say, uh, 1984 Dune is another one of my creative white noise movies where I don't need to be like watching it no. like shot for shot, but it's cool. It's cool like creative fuel to have on in the background. The sci-fi William Hurt miniseries yeah. it takes a little bit to get through because that's long, yeah the long well, have miniseries you, have you ever watched children of dune the one after that no i never the james mcavoy because i i have that. <laughs> that that's the one with james mcavoy on it right yeah i i, I believe so cool. i don't know like that that was really hard to get through hmm. hi samantha what are your thoughts on dune hi what, what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about the how awful the movie Dune is and how the new one's gonna suck. Oh, I don't know. Why is Tim here? <laughs> because you love me, Dan. Just admit it. Oh, we can fix that. There we go. Right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back again. Yes, how you doing, back. Samantha? I'm back doing well. Again. How are you guys? Good. I want to thank you again Fine. for doing the fundraiser with us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So what was it you wanted to talk to us about today? I'm really well, excited to hear about this. Okay, so um, exciting life update. I entered a contest on Instagram, actually, but it's called The Opening Act, and it's a competition to open up for the Hollywood Bowl in October of this year. Um, and the winners before have opened up for artists like Lizzo and Taylor Swift, so it's it's a big deal. But you win through votes, and... Um, Right now, I think there's different groups in the competition. In my group, I'm in fourth place, which is pretty good. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that for now. But um, I'm trying to get as many votes as I can, and I'm posting it all over Facebook and Instagram, on TikTok, things like that, uh, just to see how far we can get. And um, you know, if we can win, that'd be awesome too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the other guys have heard your song yet or not, but um, Justin and I are huge fans of Samantha and Shirt very great vocal talent so everybody please go vote on instagram and um yeah so uh, what have you been up to besides uh that like what's going yeah. on um well i took the lsat for the first time um it didn't go as expected but that's okay <laughs> um i'm gonna try again um I'm gonna start my last semester of college on tuesday so that's a little crazy been kind of reflecting it's a little sad but i'm excited for the future i think i think that it's going to be good to kind of have a little bit of time before i start applying to law school to focus on music so my plan right now is to take a gap year really focus on music do as much as i can there and then start another cycle of school um 
thinking Nashville right now, but I'm not quite sure. But how have you guys been? What have you guys been up to? This, this is what we do. <laughs> I've been I've been uh, seeing a girl, which has been really cool, and uh, talking about it on this podcast. I'm sure she loves how open I am about our relationship online. Sooner or later, he's uh, actually going to meet her in person. He's going to put down yeah, the yeah, yeah, really? and say hi. <laughs> no, you, you, they go to bookstores. That's where we got the. the <laughs> no, I know. I'm just get, I have virtually to on the phone, Mike. They're, they're, I have to give like, Jason yeah. a hard time. If I don't, my day is not complete. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, though. So, uh, Samantha, tell me a little bit about your music, since I'm I'm one who's not familiar with you. Yeah, tell me about no. your music. What do you What do you sing? Uh, you know, what can I look forward to in in your music? Yeah, so I um I've been playing music since I was younger. I started taking singing lessons and guitar when I was four or five, um, and I always just loved to sing. But I started seriously writing songs when I was about fourteen. And um, I write, I would say it's like probably mostly a blend of country and pop. Um, I'm from South Carolina, so I've got a little bit of a twang. I don't know if you can, sometimes people can hear it, sometimes people can't. My parents are from New England, so it's like a very weird accent. Every once in a while, uh, at at the end of one of your words, you get a little bit of a little Southern drawl, and I get you. (laughs) Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that comes out in my songs, too. Um, My song, I would say, that is most listened to is called Underwater. Um, okay. And that was just re-released. Stuart Epps reproduced it. Um, he's over in the UK, and he's worked with some really, really awesome artists as well. So it was such a cool opportunity working with him, especially over quarantine when there hasn't been a lot of live music, you know, going on where I live. But I've been doing a lot more live music now since some of the protocols have been lifted. Um, I don't know if that's going to stay in place because of the Delta Eight variant, but we'll. We're going to take it day by day and see what happens. But I have music on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. I have a TikTok channel now, so that's exciting. Um, you know, got to stay current with these kids now that I'm, you know, an adult. So <laughs> why we have Samantha here, I'm going to play a performance that she did for us for the fundraiser a few weeks ago. So everybody check that out and we'll be right back. Hi everyone, awesome. my name is Samantha Gatton. Tonight I'm going to be playing my original song, Underwater, for you. And hello to the Milby family. I hope that you guys are doing all right. And I hope that you all love this song. Thanks for having me tonight.
Check out the GoFundMe on my Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook stories, and I hope to see you all soon. Wow, thank you for playing that. I was so weird watching myself. Fantastic. <laughs> I got a voice, I gotta say. Yeah, that you have a beautiful voice. Thank honestly. you so much. Um, so I one of the things that you know maybe these guys don't know as much about me. I, I come from a very musical background, very musical family, and I am Music is kind of like my second calling in life. You Although sing, I Tim? not very well, but yeah, I can. Uh, but <laughs> sing us a song, Tim. I want to hear your musical background. Yeah, it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so anyway, um, no. But what I'm saying is, I always pay very close attention to to people's voices when they're singing, the the way that they carry the tone and note uh, of their voice. And honestly, you have just an absolutely beautiful tone to your voice. So. Uh, I am I am ecstatic to see where you go, and I voted for you. Go oh, get them. Go win that thing. Oh, thank you guys so yeah. much. Um, it's awesome seeing you guys again, but thank you for allowing me to come and talk a little bit more about music and everything like that. Um, that's awesome that you also have a musical background. It's just such a nice way to connect with people. You know, that's what I love the most about it. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How's your well- friend, by the way? What's that? But how did the GoFundMe go? 
Uh, it went well. Um, he is at home now. He's doing all of the uh, spleen and pancreas stuff out of um, um, outpatient for now. He might have to go back. He's not doing super hot right now, but he's home. He's home with his family, so that's that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear he's back with his family, but I, I hope everything gets better. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, and you're welcome on our show to promote anything you want to promote moving forward oh, thanks. <laughs> we're, we're really glad to be a part of your journey oh well thank you i'm happy to to be here with you guys and next time we'll have to talk a little more true crime because i've got some some new thoughts on mike's over here like yes please let's do that <laughs> i've been wanting to get some more true crime in here let's do this yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm, I'm always cool with that yeah cool. <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you scheduled i'm pretty free in september so we'll talk but um, real quick before you go, what is the TV show or movie that you're geeking out about right now? Since this is a oh, podcast, it's actually a it's a it's another podcast. It's on Spotify called Morbid, and they talk about really famous criminal cases, and they also do some like listener tales. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it, um, but I started getting into podcasts since I've been listening to y'all's, and I was like, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's nice to just like listen. Um, but I have so many like new fun facts about (laughs) serial killers now it's crazy like it's interesting (laughs) to listen to you know what i mean but creepy so creepy but well now you just have a better idea of what to look out for now exactly yeah Yeah. yeah. last time i was here we were talking about criminal minds and all those shows so (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i just finished criminal minds and i gotta say that that is and it's no offense i know you really like the show and i enjoyed the show too Mm -hmm. but it's like it's like a mediocre show with an amazing cast. Yeah. And I thought the final season, when they finally started doing more serialized storytelling, mm-hmm. that it was actually really good. And I heard that they're talking about bringing it back where they do a whole oh case over the span of eight episodes. Really? And if they do that, oh, my God, I think it could be one of the best shows on television. But Is, oh, that, yeah. is that the one with D'Onofrio? No, that was no, the one no, with Mandy um, Patinkin was oh, on it. Intent. And, sorry, I'm, I'm and then. Yeah, Mandy Patankin uh, uh, was on it, and then he was and the dude from Harman Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. <laughs> Fantastic cast. Oh, Fantastic I think the cast, cast makes it a thousand percent. I mean, I love all of them. They're great. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have to really talk about that again sometime soon. Awesome. <laughs> Always down. All right, Samantha. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was great to see y'all and nice to meet you. Um, Likewise. Yeah, I hope y'all have a great afternoon. You too. (laughs) Take care. Bye. Bye. That's awesome. Justin and I have been privileged to meet some fantastic musicians over the last couple weeks. She's got a wonderful voice, really. I I wasn't just saying that. Just just very, very, very uh, soothing tone to her voice. Nuanced. There we go. Yes. Ooh. It was it was Look, actually I was, Dan, I was we're whipping out the word of the day. I was having flashbacks back to uh I used to live in New York City and so you'd see a lot of shows, you'd see a lot of music. Okay. It reminded me a lot of a, like a lot of like these shows I would go see, like these singer-songwriter based shows which are some of my more favorite shows to go see because it's not too hectic, you know, there's not a lot of noise going on. People actually focus in and listen to the songwriter. And it's like Yeah, yeah. it's it was really cool because that was our first live performance on a, a live broadcast. And uh, I hope to do more of that somewhere down the line. Uh, 
I'm surprised it 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 recorded so well, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, the recording yeah, was the, the sound quality was really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I honestly I didn't know that was live. I thought she had recorded yeah. that and gave it to you no. to play. Oh. I did not realize that was live. Even when I guess even when it was on during during the fun uh the fundraiser, because I was I was watching for most of that. I mean, I th- took very few breaks. Uh, to try and support everyone that was on, make sure that that there was content for people to talk about and things like that. Uh, and get myself blocked by Facebook along the way. It was awesome, um, but you know, uh, but yeah, no. I, I, and then I thought that was a pre-recorded segment that she had done. I didn't realize it was. I think I'd walked away for a couple minutes, came back to to her singing, and was like, "Oh wow, that's cool that she recorded that." Uh, t- today on the Three Geeks channel, we have the Perfect Ten, which I will be a guest star on. We are doing top ten. Um, Quotes from movies, so you can expect oh. a lot of Three Amigos and Cable Guy on there just for George, because uh, we know that George loves those films, and it'll be fun hanging out with George for an hour and Clint. <laughs> can we do our top five for next week? Sure, what do you want to do it on? Because we, we, We've been teasing that for a while. No, no, the, the same thing that they're doing. Oh. <laughs> when, yes. when, when can I ever do my, my, my patent George. impression? Come on, man. <laughs> I, I'm all for this. I will be back next week if there's a patent impression from Dan. See, there you go. That was movie speeches. That's what we were going to do, not quotes. Well, I mean... Patent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same thing, Daisy. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I'll have to get my speeches loaded up in my um, queue over here. But, um, yeah. So, um, we're cutting the show a little short today. Um, yeah. Oh, do you, have, you guys want to talk more? I mean, we can. We can. We we have so much more to talk about. Yeah, all the time. Oh. I mean, you brought up true crime. I I just heard the tale of Killdozer, and that's Ooh. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'd heard about Killdozer. It's like that. That's that's wild that that went as far as it could. It's like, <laughs> it has a sad ending, but still. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Most most of these true crimes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't impressive. end well. That's why it's true crime. But <laughs> hollows yeah. you out in the end. But it's a wild trip getting there. Yeah. But... Yes, George, send me the logo. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because you know we don't want to put your outdated stuff up. Yeah, George has joined our not network. Not network. <laughs> I, I like the not network. Actually, <laughs> I, I think it works well. Yeah, I help nothing with your show and you just get the broadcast it on my yeah yeah it, it's perfectly fine <laughs> it's a lot stay less work the, involved stay off the grid you know or yeah. you're on the grid but yeah you know. i mean we're kind of on youtube yeah video we're, we're, we're all on the grid from day one now so. <laughs> but but it, we we really are gonna be cutting it short today uh tim <laughs> check out tim and funny science fiction <laughs> and pulp culture addicts I have a sushi lunch that I really want to eat before it goes bad. Uh, Tim. It's already gone bad. About Jason. all of the fun stuff. Oh, okay. So uh, let's see. Funny and time. we're out of time, everybody. Would Jason. you look at that? I was just going to say how awesome Jean-Claude Van Damme isn't. So, no. Um, yes. <laughs> no, so funny science fiction. You can find us on YouTube. Please go subscribe. We'll, we'll take all the subscriptions we can get, of course. Uh, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. We just had an amazing interview, and it'll be coming out uh, not this week. I believe next week. Don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
we just interviewed Daniel Jose Older, who is the lead story architect for Star Wars The High Republic, and had a really cool chat with him. Can we uh, talk we, about that for a second, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. No, we got to cut this shit short. Come <laughs> on, man. You, you, you actually eat. You're fish, you're fish, you're fish are you talking about the cultural impact? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. The cultural impact of Star Wars. But no, but you, no. Uh, you actually had to get approval from Lucasfilm. Like, yes. I don't think we've uh, interviewed anybody like that's so relevant that we have to get approval from a studio. Like, how? what was oh. that experience like? Um, I may have already laminated the, the email responses <laughs> and posted it on my wall. No, I... Uh, it was actually really cool, but it was also kind of nerve-wracking because, you know, you, you knew that there was lines that you couldn't cross. There was things that I could not ask about. So we, we and there is things that we had to talk about in generalities. Like when it comes to the High Republic and some of the things that he's, because he's in charge of world building, he's naming planets and characters and creatures and all this stuff. I mean, he's, he's building the High Republic. And along with, along, I mean, he's not the only guy. Please don't take it that way. And he even makes that clear that he's just he's just the lead, but there are other people that he's working with, and other story writers that he's working with that are helping him to build this this uh, extended universe. And it, it's really kind of cool. But we had to speak in generalities about some of these things, and it was really kind of nerve wracking to put questions together to send out to Lucasfilm for approval. I've never had to do that with any other uh, interview that we've done. It's always, you know, we've had other people on who have, you know, we talked with Anna Graves, who was the voice of Duchess Satine in Clone Wars. We talked with Julie Dolan, who was the voice of Princess Leia in, in uh, Star Wars Rebels and some other uh, Disney Lucasfilm holdings. Um, we've never had to, to get approvals for anything. And so writing questions that, you know, in, in to, to make sure that they would all pass inspection was kind of like, you know, you start writing your question. There's things I want to ask. I'm like, and delete, 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 you know. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, even, it even kind of limited uh, some of our, you know, because sometimes, you know, I we go in with a with an outline. Uh, we, everybody knows their questions, what they want to ask ahead of time. And, but we also do it where we're, we, we go off that. You know, I, I ask a lot of questions off the cuff. That's just the outline is just that. It's just so that we have a, an outline of our discussion, what we want to talk about. That's not what I hear. I hear that you beat anybody that asks a question that's not on your outline. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, but slander. Uh, slander. <laughs> you can't trust Nick. He he doesn't. You know. No. <laughs> Nick's a good dude. I like to pick on him though. Uh, but you know, so there was a limitation of, of even that uh, the off the cuff questions. Oh, the oh hey, I just thought of this. You know, I had to make sure that even those questions. I had to dial some of those back and make sure that the, the questions, because that always happens when you're talking to somebody, they mention something, it, it springs up something in your head and you want to ask that, but we had to be careful what we, because we, we didn't want to, to push him. Cause he, he even jokes about how now that he's, uh, you know, signed this contract with Lucas films, he's pretty sure there's drones outside his house listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> such, so, a, such a calming thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right yeah he you know he's he's signed on to a pretty big machine down there yeah and uh you know it's they're coming up with some cool stuff and they're coming up with some cool content but he's got to be extremely careful about what he says and how he says but it's a really really cool interview and i i am very excited to to have that um and then and that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks we just had an interview with a young lady named uh, Ab uh abby harrison also known as astronaut abby uh, she's working very hard to become the first person to step on Mars. And Carol Baskin. Uh, well, that's on. That's actually on Pop Culture Addicts. That's coming up. Our very <laughs> first interview on Pop Culture Addicts is with Carol Baskin. Yes. 
Oh, as soon as I can get her, she's nice. coming to the Three Geeks Wait, podcast did, as well. Did, did your questions have to be vetted for Carol? No. <laughs> okay, because, yeah. But but in case you're wondering, no, I, we did not talk about, uh, we talked very little about, about Tiger King. And we talked very little about the accusations that have been raised by the meth head who's now in prison. Um, because honestly, if you watch Tiger King and, and you got your information from that, it's a very one-sided meth uh, leaning uh, uh, interview and documentary. However, there's another one called at Shooting, least, Joe, Shooting at, Joe Exotic from the BBC. At least, at least meth addict. Like he is at least a meth addict. <laughs> oh, there's. I'm sure there's more there. But yeah, but I but, thought that was like rigorous journalism at its best. It is. I mean, I think come on. Oh, I think it's safe to oh, say no. a lot of people don't come off well. And no, there's. There, I don't think there's anybody in that. And if you watch Tiger King, there wasn't one person where you watch that and go, "That was a that was a really good description of that person's moral capabilities and character." I would let um, them watch my children. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like the one dude that shows up in the cowboy hat that was just like doing the filming and shit. <laughs> he was just like, I don't know, shit happened. I got out of there. See ya. When when <laughs> one of the realest people on your show is the guy who used to kill for Pablo Escobar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was a really cool interview. We talked about how pop culture affected her life because as soon as that show was over, she, in her own words, for about th- her phone rang for about three months straight with death threats. <laughs> Oh, she got death threats nonstop, getting phone calls, emails, text messages from people saying the most vile and and wicked things that you could ever imagine uh, to her because they believed what they saw in Tiger King. And if that's not an indication of the moral compass of the world that we live in, I don't know what is. Um, But it's kind of interesting. We had, like I said, it was a really cool discussion. We talk about how that impacted her, her is because it's not just her. She's like, if it had just affected me, I could have sloughed it off. It wouldn't have been a big deal. But it affected her family as well. You know, her husband, her, she has a daughter, you know, all these other things. It just there's a lot going on there. And we talk about a bill that she's trying to get. And this is another reason why this was so slanted against her. She's working very hard to shut down animal rescues, including her own. She wants to be unemployed. And it's it's uh, she's trying to get a bill passed where they can't do big cat breeding. And so people who are are against this big cat breeding are very openly and angrily against what she's doing. So you can go to uh, Three Geeks Big Cat Breeding. Uh, Max and I are starting that very very soon. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> we got we got some big cats just to give us a call. Um, I got a big cat at home. He's he's just fat, but he thinks he's a big cat. The, the day that you guys the day that you guys seriously consider that as some sort of venture. Please remove all my Mike McGTV affiliations. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's going to be Speaking you. Enough, you can check out Mike at youtube.com forward slash Mike McGTV. It's going to be Mike. shaved on the sides of the big cats, dude. Come on. But, uh, God damn it. Yeah, so we've, we've had some, some really cool things. I just got confirmation from a couple other people. I've got some really cool interviews coming up on pop culture. I'm very excited about. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it looks like we'll be talking to uh, Stephen Perkins, the drummer from Jane's Addiction, nice. um, which I am a huge Jane's Addiction fan. I'm a child of the 90s, love 90s music. Grunge era is li- needs to live forever. And um, yeah, I'm like, it's like 17 shades of, yeah. The email, fortunately, the email came in 
while we were playing Samantha's song, so nobody got to see me totally geek out and giggle. Um, and hopefully my mic was muted. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was. Oh, that's good, because you would have heard me back here just giggling away. But yeah, so I, a couple other really cool people. So I'm really excited about some of the people. So uh, um, You can also check the Three Geeks podcast and Funny Science Fiction at the Monroe Pop Fest next month. Also with John from the PVD cast and Brian Lau from Staunch Ambition. And um, maybe I'll try to get Mike involved to be a satellite for a remake revolution. We gonna zord on this thing again? That'd be That'd fun. Be fun. <laughs> hey, and just for confirmation, uh, it definitely was Fred Tadishire. I just got a text back from David Sobolov. So <laughs> nice. awesome! And from all of us guys, have a fantastic day. We will see you next Sunday. Recycle. Your droids. Yes, recycle your drawings. All of the drawings, recycle them. Be All sure to the bundle time. them. Be yes. sure to bundle them in two by four squares. Also, tumble dry. And leave them out only on the third Thursday of every month. <laughs>